Hey guys, this is oh. officially a first recording of a new podcast because those three MFAers. Um, how's it going? <laughs> you guys Pretty are. Good. I hate you so much. I hate you. <laughs> I'm okay. I guess I'm Joshua Stir. What do you do, Josh? <laughs> I'm unemployed right now, thanks to COVID-19. Um, no, I got uh, artist, actor, director, mover, dancer, uh, extraordinaire, video gamer. Went to the MFA master's program at Actor Studio Drama School and directing. That's awesome. Um, what'd you, what do you guys do? Who are you? Uh, Caleb, you want to go first? Uh. <laughs> okay, Brandon. Did we go. Yeah, I don't know if we lost Caleb, but... All right, I'm Brandon. I'm uh, I'm from Toronto. I'm an actor. I also went to the Actor Studio Drama School with Joshua here, and uh, our other friend Caleb, who seems to have disappeared. But uh, yeah, I'm just in Toronto trying to act it up, but under quarantine from COVID nineteen, so Oops. not doing that. And uh, <laughs> I am also here. My name is Caleb. I am a writer and an actor, and a filmmaker and i thought you know what i think we all thought uh the you know what the world needs right now in this in these another trying podcast times another podcast <laughs> yeah another podcast with three men uh <laughs> no but it's good i'm survive. <laughs> i <laughs> I'm, I'm also i'm surviving you know yeah um okay so um i guess while we're here we watch this uh so anyway, I guess I could I could give a little thing of what Caleb Josh, told me. You, you suggested a movie, right? I suggested a movie. Well, I guess like, yeah. So I said we we're gonna what's this gonna be? You're gonna hear <clears throat> our critique or our thoughts on uh, different kind of movies. I chose for our inaugural episode the movie Black Swan from ten years ago, two thousand ten, um, and I thought it'd be a cool start to this kind of adventure we're trying to put together because. You know, we we were all trained differently in our master's program and at the actor studio. So you know, it's the method and Stanislavski and whatnot. And it's very interesting to to look at movies from a different lens like that and like kind of see not necessarily, you know, from the the way it's shot or the score or you know how you see a lot of critiques and stuff like that. But like on genuine, honest like performance, the craft and things like that. And this is a great movie because you got the dance aspect of it. You know and the kind of the surreal or the the fantastical version of it too. So I think it's a good start. So um, anything else I should say, I guess, why yeah, we're legit. doing this? Okay. What did you think of it? I liked it. I, I, there were moments that I was sitting there and my mouth was open. I don't know if it's because of the pulling the fingernail out of the, the finger illusion yeah, or... Was- Fucking like gross. some of the stuff that happened was <laughs> was kind of sh- shocking for me, you know. Even though it was a hallucination, and I'm sitting here just going, "What the fuck?" You know, of course. <laughs> so I, I, I did like it. I liked. I thought it brought to light a lot of different topics and a lot of different things. And we'll definitely touch base on all those at a certain point. But we could just go around and, you know, what you guys thought. I. I mean, here's my thing. It being 10 years since the movie came out, knowing, I think Natalie Portman won the Academy Award for it, right? It got nominated for a bunch of stuff. I was disappointed in the first half of the movie. Um, I just found it, it was slow for me and boring. And like, 
I get what was happening. I understand that she was like playing the white swan the first half and then the black swan the second half. And I understand all that. I just, it was hard for me to get into at the beginning. That's all. I, I didn't feel that way personally. I, uh, I, I think I maybe liked it the most. It sounds like out of the three of us, I think it's one of the best movies of the decade. Um, it's definitely my favorite Aronofsky movie. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk all about uh, Darren Aronofsky and his little shenanigans uh, later. I'm sure <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't find it slow at all. I found it to be very mesmerizing. Um, I think that there's lots of like subtle aspects of the production. Like I know Josh, you said you didn't necessarily want to talk about the production aspects uh, and you wanted to focus on the performance, but I, I feel like, uh, her performance was like, I mean, it's like every, you can't talk about anything in a vacuum, right? Like everything was kind of structured around her performance, but it definitely, the movies like affect was and like came out of like a totality of like really good direction, like really subtle production design, like all of the, just like for a movie about like identity and like fractures and like, uh, what's it called? God damn it. Uh, there was lots of mirrors, um, for like the duplicity and the, um, I am like embarrassed. I can't think of the fucking word I'm trying to say. Hold on. Go to your room. Yeah, I need to just shut the fuck up. But no, I found I found uh, Portman's performance to be very powerful, and uh, and I think that like you know it's she she played a woman who clearly is not you know altogether in the head, and is yeah, kind yeah. of like dependent on people like controlling every aspect of her life, um, in the pursuit of this thing of this like great art, and uh, well, everybody around her. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can go now. <laughs> I'm just rambling. I guess no. Yeah, go. I mean, collect your thoughts or whatever. But like, I, I guess going right into, let's talk about the, like dichotomy. Jesus Christ, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Di- you didn't remember dichotomy. I know. I fucking that I... is the word that I learned four, three years ago in P- oh, PDU. What a freaking nerd! <laughs> oh my god, dichotomy no, was so much in school. <laughs> dichotomy, this dichotomy, that dichotomy. Oh know, my god, Taylor! We're gonna talk after this, and I'm gonna recommend <laughs> you for that. No, I you know. guys talk dichotomy at school. Nobody ever talked dichotomy with me. Uh, you have to be in PDU. That's but all. you know what? I was in PDU. You jerk. The whole like uh, movie is, is structured like the like this like the ballet, uh, the black. So yeah, maybe we should talk about what the fucking Absolutely. movie is in the first place if you haven't seen it. So <laughs> wait, hold on. So if it, Stop, if you pause. haven't seen it, it's... pause, Brandon. Spoiler alert: anybody who's listening to this who hasn't seen it. You should probably okay, watch it spoiler first. alert. If you <laughs> haven't seen it, it's about these two swans that live in a lake. Spoiler, spoiler for white. a movie that came out ten fucking years ago. Right, but, uh, so if you haven't seen it, I guess I can't fault you for it. But I hadn't seen swans, it before I watched it, so... I'd seen, like, parts of it before, but not the whole movie. I, have, I This was my second time seeing I saw it in theaters uh, on a date, which made, uh, <laughs> wow. which made the, the one scene very uh, interesting uh, to watch. Well, which scene? <laughs> Which which scene is that? Which one? Which moment yeah. that she touched herself? Which, uh, which scene are you talking about? <laughs> the subway. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I the, forgot about that one. Oh, and the old guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just talk about how that, that old man does a fantastic job of being super fucking creepy? Dude, he got a SAG card for that. He got his points. He got his union card. No. Sure, um, yeah. Do we want to go? Okay, I was going to go th- you know, through the vehicle of the mother and like, the start of the movie and like, the... The family dynamic do you guys just want to jump into the whole like highly sexual having a uh, an adult woman who never really came to terms with her sexuality 
discovering that during this show, I mean, I this think, movie? I think for you know? me, I, the, I, I would like, you know, the conversation about, you know, the movie uh, follows like a ballerina. Uh, she is in an unnamed, but we can assume prestigious ballet company uh, in New York City. Um, and they're getting ready to launch their season. Um, their new season is going to start with a revamping, reimagining production of Swan Lake. Um, and kind of what I love about um, Natalie Portman and her performance, and her character's name is Nina, and she is in total contrast in keeping up with like themes from the movie and also the original Swan Lake Ballet, um, the white and the black swan motif. She's like directly contrast with everybody else in her life, right? Like she has a true appreciation for the art and the art form and the artists and she wants to be great and she wants to do good stuff. And all of the other kind of like ballerinas in the company are sort of like out there for vanity or like fame, you know, just like mm -hmm. the idea of like being a ballerina in, its, in and of itself without like contributing to the art. You have like her mom who like was a failed ballerina and like, makes allusions to her like giving up that career in order to have Natalie Portman's character. Uh, you have Vincent Castle, who I think is like really great as like the creepy fucking like French yeah, director. We'll talk about him. He and then you have uh, Winona Ryder as the old Swan Queen, like the woman who mm -hmm. you infer was like in Natalie Portman's position when she was younger. And I thought she did a great job and it was really interesting stunt casting to have like a faded Hollywood like teen star in like that role. Um, mm. and then you have fucking Mila Kunis, who, in my opinion, gave as good a performance as Natalie did. Right. Um, I, yeah, if not, in my opinion, if not better. And yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know if I would say better, but definitely as good, at least. I think uh, it's interesting you hit on this idea that, you know, she's the most dedicated, uh, ballerina in the company. Her mom says so. You can see, like, the first shot is her stretching and, like, you know, uh, breaking in the shoes and like what I love about this movie is that like ballerinas like you can maybe go through point shoes like you know a few every year you know you can like wear them for every so often because they wear them so much and it's so damaging to the foot it's like but you have to like break them in like you take out the sole so they're more flexible and you can really have that point or that that pointed foot you you like burn the, the you like singe the the ribbons and stuff so they don't it's just like so crazy and you see her like in like that's her life right she doesn't even want to have yeah. a cake later in the movie to celebrate because you know i don't know she's on a tic-tac diet you know but also it's like, like that i don't it it's so crazy she's so dedicated and then sorry my thought was you have her and she's so working so much on trying to get this role or trying to like be featured in this company does, does do they say how old she is in the movie? Um, she's younger than twenty eight, but I don't know how old she's supposed to be. But I know she's younger than twenty eight because the, and no, like me, the scene. No, she is twenty eight. That's what Wikipedia says. Right. She's twenty eight. Well, okay. I knew that she was younger also, than that age. Because for the record, they are. All right. <laughs> for the record, it is the New York City Ballet. Is okay. the New York City Ballet? That's coming? what I thought. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is the New York City. So he must have got the okay for that and the rights for it. Um, cause they were, I definitely just saw a, a company in that theater. So it was really cool to watch them, them actually use Lincoln center, you know? Um, yeah. but, and then having somebody like Mila Kunis, Mila, 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 it's Mila, Mila Kunis come in and she's, we don't know. She's from San Francisco or San Diego, San Francisco. And she comes in and she has this like looseness to her, right? So like 
Natalie, uh, Nina or Natalie Portman was always, you know, critiqued on like the control and the disciplines, like loosen up, be more fluid. And, you know, you know, Mila was like the, like the, the, the young fluid, like, I don't give a fuck, but I'm still going to put the work in, you know, cause life is too short. We should live our lives, you know? And she kind of, I kind of like that dynamic to Natalie Portman where, you know, she's all business. Yeah. Well, they're the I mean, two, there's... uh, sorry, you can go Brandon. There's that one scene where they're like, uh, it's Natalie Portman and the director and they're looking down on the rest of the, you know, cast and crew of the, of Swan Lake. And Mila Kunis is just having the best time, like dancing around down there and like falling into people. And he's explaining to Natalie Portman about that fluidity and how important that is. And that's, you know, that's half of the, that's half of the, of the coin that you have to put together, you know? Yeah, it's too, uh, and that's why I think it, it all kind of ties into like the theme of like opposites and like contrast and dichotomy uh, because mm-hmm. they are kind of two, they embody two different sides of like the artistic endeavor and spirit. Whereas like Nina is all about like discipline and control and like perfection and like the ideal, but like that's only half of it and you need the other half, which Mila Kunis embodies. I think her name is Lucy or Lulu or. Lily, Lily, Lily. Uh, Lily. Uh, where she is that like the wild passion, the drive, like the ethereal, like the thing you can't quantify. It's like that, you know, artistic passion and talent, which you can't cultivate. That just has to be natural. And it's yeah. equal. Yeah. It's equal two sides of the same coin, which is why I think it's brilliant. Like with what happens later in the movie where they kind of, you know, she manifests kind of Lily as a part of herself, but we can get into that later. But um, yeah. yeah, it's the perfect mirror of the white swan, black swan transformation thing. I mean, it's just really smartly put together uh, yeah. from like a script writing and like directorial presentation standpoint. I honestly think it's one of the best movies of the decade. Wow. I will hold to that. Um, we have it here first, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> from Caleb John Cushing's mouth. Uh, sorry, was I supposed to say I thought Night's Tale was know. better. What? Night's Tale wasn't in this decade, you fucking goof. Uh, that's fair. Um, going, into, <laughs> going into that though, like in terms of dancers, like you see the show like Dance Moms and like these these uh, moms who like force their daughters to go into dance. And if I have children, I hope I do one day, and they want to dance, like I'm, I will support that dream. But as soon as they don't want to, like I am totally fine with that because it you have to follow your yeah. heart. You never want to make a child do something, especially ballet, especially point. You know what I mean? Like women girls go through this thing and i've seen it with my friends and things like that because I've, I've taken a few you know a couple years of ballet modern i love modern more because you know it's a little more fluid and a little like not so rigid but you need ballet it's like the it's the structure of all dance right so um but forcing your daughter and then but then keeping her because when when i saw her room the first time when it was first shown it was like it's all pink you got stuffed animals she like you know, she cuts her, you know, she cuts her daughter's nails. She puts her into bed. She puts on this music box. That was really creepy. And just all like, she's what, 27, 28 years old. And she's yeah. acting like, well, like no, the yeah. mom's treating her like she's 12. She's infantilized. And, and like in this idea of being like to keep her pure and like only focused on the art form. I mean, it is really disturbing. I mean, this movie's built, built as like a psychological horror film. And I think that it, there is something like viscerally uncomfortable about watching like a grown woman behave like a prepubescent child. I mean, she hasn't had sex before. Like, it's it's really crazy, like how they like diminu- diminutive size her. Well, yeah, even more so, like the, with all the special effects and everything that happened, and her like ripping pieces of skin off and stuff. The scene that creeped me out the most 
was like her trying to play with herself and then turning over and seeing like her mom is asleep in her room. Oh, see, I that, thought that was like, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, it was an amazingly well done scene. I was just like, "Ooh, fuck, that's that's um, that's creepy." That's very, no, it definitely very it's like it's know? like darkly. It was really well, sure. it, yeah. It was really well yeah. done. It was just like oh, is, the implications no. of that are so insane. It is uncomfortable. I mean, yeah, she's been controlled in every aspect of her life. Uh, yeah. When and I think one of the mo- more powerful, subtle moments of it that I wrote down was when she does get, so she, you know, doesn't get the part at first or like Vincent Castle kind of implies that she didn't get the Swan Queen. And then she goes to his office and he like tries to kind of like seduce her and she like bites his fucking lip, which is like the first moment of her kind of like rebelling and like becoming like the very, very first like moment of like transition beginning into the Black Swan, right? And though because Mm -hmm. she does that, he like gives her the part. Um, but then when she calls her mom, that's what she says. She says, uh, he gave it to me, not I did it, or like I won the part, or like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a yeah. small thing, but it like mm. signifies that like she really just has no confidence or like self sense of self worth. Like, she's totally reliant on other people. And like, and yeah. I think that her kind of like coming into her own person and like breaking through the kind of means of control is like the journey of the movie. And but that's uh, like that's all artists though, you know? That's yeah, all no for sure. Like we don't work unless somebody gives us a, a part, you know. But so if like, we but don't... would you but would you ever put it like, you know, you would never kind of identify it as like your work, like you worked hard to earn it. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like well, she everybody's can't... worked hard to earn it. Like I guess I mean yes, I, I I'm this is just like for the sake of argument and for the sake of like you know, branching it out to a small like thought trail of you know like you go into auditions you go you you dance like even like you apply for a job like yeah you've worked hard to do all of this stuff on your resume you put the work into your audition you put the work into that and you you lay that hopefully you audition well and you don't let the nerves get a hold of you and you like you put it all out there you did all your hard work but it's up to the casting director it's up to the director it's up to the people to say yeah but oh i saw that i'm gonna give you that role yeah, but even on the outs- on the other side of that, like, I... Okay, think about this, though. When you left there and you get the email that you got the role, would you immediately call somebody and be like, they gave me the role, or be like, I got the role? And I think you'd say the second one. I'd Absolutely. Second one. It's a yeah. mindset thing, and, like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, she was just yeah. so, like, not... It's like, she wasn't her own person. Right. You know? Oh, totally. Also, I, that. I totally get that. I mean... That brings me back to something you guys were saying before where you were talking about, um, you know, her drive and commitment and that she wants to be the best. But I don't even know if her commitment or her drive or any of it comes back to her wanting perfection like she keeps talking about, at least not for herself. It seems as it seems more so that she wants to reach perfection so that everyone around her will be happy. She does it for the other people. Yeah, it doesn't I mean... seem to be this internal drive. It all seems well, to be from, well, she was clearly, you know, yeah, I mean, she was clearly like brought up in this world to be this. Like, I, you know, she has like external conditioning to like want to do <laughs> this in the first place for sure. But I don't know. There's little moments in the beginning, like, you know, regardless of whether, where the love for it came from, like, you know, like when the girls are kind of like warming up in the hallway talking about how like Winona Ryder is like retiring and she's so fucking old, but she <laughs> like Natalie Portman is kind of like has this admiration for her for like being yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. queen of ballet, you know, and like, and for, um, you know, working hard and being talented. And I think that she like 
whether or not like somebody instilled it in her, like she definitely has like a huge, like kind of like deep love for the art form. And, yeah, and you can see it, you can see it at the end when she's like laying there, just, you know, spoiler alert again, uh, <laughs> when she's laying there like dying or whatever, uh, you know, the, regardless of everything else, when you're stabbed and you're out there performing, uh, that has to be to a certain degree internally motivated, right? Like that moment when she says, you know, I was perfect and that smile on her face, that was the best moment in the movie for me. I thought that yeah. was like, I think uh, for sure, like the last half hour when they start the ballet sequence uh, is all pretty fucking incredible. Like from like visuals and performance and direction, like that last like half hour, 25 minutes is like, is like amazing. And that's like definitely the the crown jewel of the movie from like a visuals directing. Yeah. Um, Just electric, just like, I don't know. And like the sound design of like when she's kind of transforming into the bird or whatever, like of the feathers Mm -hmm. and like the growling, like, I don't know. I fucking loved it. Like, that's the kind of shit that I like. (laughs) It's all fucking weird and creepy. Well, also like, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you remember how you felt the first time you saw it, but for me, I was like, did, did she just kill Mila Kunis? Is Mila Kunis dead? Is she not? And then when she comes back and she's clearly not dead because she pops up, I, that all got me, hook, line, and sinker. I was on. I was in for the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I don't remember what I thought like ten years ago. <laughs> uh, I think I was like a less like you know like intelligent and like artistically like articulate, um, and I was probably just like, wow, it's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that you know to me that uh, what I get what I how I interpret it is uh, after she leaves the club. Um, yeah, that she has like manifested Lily as like a the darker part of her personality or like a part of her personality, and uh, she ends up stabbing the part of herself, like killing the part of herself that she needs to in order to fully become the Black Swan. Yeah, and so that's why you know she she and that's why she stabs her. It's like she stabbed herself, and and uh, then she basically kills herself totally. in order to reach artistic perfection, and uh, yeah. You know, I I feel like the movie is this like beautiful nightmarish, like psychological trip, but it's also like a cautionary tale because it's a movie that's like about art and abuse and how like we kind of as a society and a culture expect and like glorify when artists kind of are self destructive and push themselves to the brink uh, in order to kind of like make great art. And I think that's solidified with the end of the movie where how she literally kills herself and she's like, I was perfect. I did it. Yeah. And she's just met with like rap, like rapturous applause and like people chanting her name. And then like the movie fades to white. And I just wanted to know what you guys felt about that. And like, if you agree or if you yeah. have different thoughts. Well, my only question, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought, yeah, there definitely is a moment of like how far people went to go for that perfection. Right. Like, because she also was dropped in like the first act. Yeah. We're like, what the fuck is going on? What happened? And she was like, he dropped me. When it's like, no, bitch, you got, you know, you were distracted and you you loosened up and you weren't as stiff as you should have been for him to hold you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, <laughs> it's whatever. But she was at that point where it was everybody else's fault. Everybody's taking her part. Everybody's dropping her, whatever. But at the end, my only question about, because they've they've done this really good job in the movie about, what's real, what's not real, what's a hallucination, what's reality, that the way they cut it off at the, at the end, like, 
honestly, I don't think we really know or we're supposed to know, like, or we're supposed to, like, did she actually kill herself? Was it just another hallucination? You know, or is she fine? And the, But the movie's great, how it just kind of cuts out like that. But the only reason I, I maybe think she didn't actually kill herself, that I think it was, like, another thing, was um, because, like, during one of the shots when she was up on the rock or whatever, spinning or doing her purettes, you didn't, maybe it was an editing mistake, but there, there wasn't the blood on yeah. her outfit. And there was blood on her outfit when I mean, she, she put the on more layers of, of her costume. And then, like, the when she, like, stomach. Fall, so there wasn't fell out that of, blood like, you know what I mean? The whole like, time. Like, I think that's, that was so that, like, when she cra- was on the crash pad, like, they, no one else would notice yeah. until it bled through that, like, second layer of costume. I don't know. I, that's how I interpreted it. Um, also, think, just based on the way they reacted. You know, yeah, yeah, like other people were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you're fucking yeah. bleeding," and they're like, "Call an ambulance." <laughs> yeah, that that's that's kind of a thing of like, yeah, and that's the first time they actually truly reacted to what she yeah, like what was happening. Half the time, you know, people were getting stabbed or dying or whatever, and you know, even even the people having sex behind backstage, like she thought it was the director, but it really was one of the dancers. You know what I mean? But she's in her head so much that yeah. Yeah, she thought no, that yeah. she was it thought the, the that director? Uh, Lily was it, and, yeah. uh, Vincent Castle, who's she I think his name is Thomas, director. but yeah. he's French, so they say Thomas. Uh, so they were like fucking, but then he transformed into a fucking bird, and she was like, "Oh fuck, I gotta yeah. get out!" He went full bird mode on her. I was actually just reading this on the Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia page. So apparently, at the end of the movie, the entire cast is not just credited as their character, but as the character of the Swan Lake show as well. So for Vincent Castle, he's Thomas Leroy slash the gentleman. Yeah, because he, like, seduces her. Yeah, well, Uh, so, like, she's Nina Sayers slash the Swan Queen. Mila Kunis is Lily slash the Black Swan, so on and so forth, Mm. you know? Yeah, so like, that's, yeah, well, that's their that's their thematic yeah. role as, as it would connect to Black Swan. Like, the director exactly. is oh, actually dancing in the show. That's what Caleb's saying is, you know, the director for the show, the Swan Lake production in this, this world of the New York Ballet, right. was the gentleman role for the White Swan or the Swan Queen in the show. Like, in the actual performance, the dance performance. You know, like, Lily, M- Mila Kunis... She was the Black Swan. Uh, yeah, not the not the, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. not the not in the, the in universe Bella, but the actual Bella. Black Swan. Yeah, like yeah. As a no, we're on. Yeah. But you know what's fucking crazy? <laughs> it's just like yeah, engine. like you framed but, the whole uh, movie that, another layer is, that, I, that I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. But what's what's insane is that the guy who is in the in the universe, like in the world of the movie, dancing that part, uh, his name's Benjamin Mill- Millipede or Millipier. I don't know how to fucking speak French. Is that but, her husband? Yeah, they met on the set of this movie, and he was like dating yeah. a fucking famous ballerina, and then he's like, "Fuck this, I'm gonna marry Natalie Portman." <laughs> so Dude, they, had, they had like a kid the year later too. Yeah, so it's just funny how like art imitates oh, life, wow. I guess. <laughs> well, and that's always true with like you know if you're working, yeah, but like with in, people, a, like in a story about like seduction and time you know all, all this shit, it just bond, I thought you know? it was interesting. Did you guys also see the other uh, the cameo? I was wondering if you yeah. guys were gonna bring it up, but there's a. There's a special cameo in the movie. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring this up earlier. Are we talking about the Winter Soldier? <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. That took me... The Winter Soldier? Bucky Barnes? Sebastian Stan? Wait, what? He was in the movie. He's he the guy at the bar. The, he's like the guy yeah, at the bar yeah. that uh, is trying to pick her up. And he looks so young, man. He looks so... He's got a little, you know, 
Yeah. Oh, yes. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Sebastian okay, Stan. So I love. He's the, the guy best. who doesn't know what Black Swan is. He's the one that's but sitting with her. But it reminded me yeah, of okay. him in like a hot tub time machine. Uh, that's how long ago this was, you know. This was even earlier than that. Um, oh, you haven't seen Hot Tub Time Machine? That's a great movie. Oh, I never uh, saw maybe that. Maybe Brandon has a recommendation. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but um, I just wanted to fucking shout him out because he's there a good go. guy. And uh, and I, but that was another. It's gonna be was another, uh, Yeah, that was another instance of when TV I felt like on, they uh, kind of showcased Nina's love of the art form because she's like they're like he's just clearly trying to fuck her and he's like oh what's ballet and he doesn't give a shit but she's like so passionate and like talking about how much she loves it and like and and then you know you have mila kunis like dude shut up trying to fuck these guys like what are you you're a nerd but she but yeah. that's i mean i think it just feeds into that where she's like no this is all i care about this is my entire life <laughs> and it's yeah. like you know one of the few moments she fucking smiles in the whole goddamn movie <laughs> well and I, I i i do i did like how uh natalie portman like even like in her voice and stuff, it was very sheltered, very like soft. You know, it's very. She was she was always, what did I say? Like apologetic to like, she's always, you know, trying to say sorry. I'm taking up space type of mentality. You know, but she get, does get that window with him to kind of see that she actually does enjoy the ballet and she's it is very important to her. Um, but she does try and take up very small space, which I think you also see, um, in kind of how she is with like essentially looking like a swan, you know, like yeah. I mentioned a little bit uh, when we were kind yeah. of discussing about this, like how her neck is skinny, her head is that big, animal her, work, her baby. eyes are, it's just like, she, she carries <laughs> yeah. herself like a swan. Of course. No, she know? totally embody, embodied. I don't know. I, I was work. looking at, um, do you think she did some of that stuff? I think so. I, I think it, is I think it's just, I, think, like, I don't know if maybe she wouldn't like have a, done it if the movie wasn't like literally a, called a, black swan about like a fucking swan princess. I think she just did like the work that I felt she had to do. Um, well, I'm even sure that... like, I, I mean, even even just just as a ballerina doing that show, I would think you would have to do animal work now. Yeah, yeah, true. Or just you or know? just the or just like the nature of kind of like how you would imagine a swan holds itself yeah, is I, like I, very I, like mm -hmm. indicative of like what a ballerina would do anyway. Like I think that's why it's such a famous ballet. It like works really well. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like so, the choreography is the choreography. Like. Like you don't, you know, you don't say now do this as if you were a swan. You say, you know, you just do this, these moves and the way, yeah. you know, you, the way that I guess you would remember what like one of the choreographers was working with her arms, whatever. Like she's like, just be loose. Like you maybe go up, you know, maybe go up, but she was following her exactly because she didn't want to make improv choices or anything. She was just like doing what she was told. Um, but like, I think the way the ballerinas do is through, through the arms, like, you know, and, because the the legs and the points and the the lines and stuff and the leaps are all just that's always just going to be yeah, what it right. is. You know, you can't yeah. really veer off from that because then you're doing contemporary modern dance. <laughs> you know. Um, let's can we uh, go into the whole what you guys thought of it's what it, movie came out in 2010, um, the Me Too movement that had popped up a couple years ago, three years ago, um, and the I don't know if like we can go on either like showcasing like on like on the screen like Natalie Portman ple ple pleasing herself, touching herself, and then the whole seduction of the director and how it's just culturally acceptable well, it yeah. was in the company that everyone just assumed that she slept with the guy um, when she really didn't, and then the whole in the rehearsal room where he was seducing her and he was using it as a tactic 
Well, I show guess her what I, she needed to do too. It's like in how much of it was him showing her and how that played. So right? I want to see hear her thoughts. Um, because you know he needed her to get it, and how much of it was him just trying to bang her? I, I think that's like the big question, isn't it? Well, I think it's both. I think that he viewed the seduction as something that was like appropriate in the pursuit of great art. And I think that the question is like whether or not that is acceptable. And I don't think it is, you know, um, because and even the mom says, you know, he has a reputation. Like he, it's like very heavily implied yeah. that like Winona Ryder and him were like romantically involved until she got too old. And then he kicked her out of the right. company, you know, like he used people. And there's this amazing, very small scene where like, you know, it's what, you know, before, uh, or Winona Ryder gets in an accident and she's in the hospital and, and there's there, uh, Natalie Portman and Vincent Castle are meeting outside. And, uh, I have it written down cause I thought it was like insane. Um, but he's basically like, uh, ah, oh, fuck. I can't find it now. Oh, here we go. Um, so hearing about the news about Beth's accident and, um, Vincent Castle kind of speculates that she did it on purpose like she attempted suicide and then vincent castle he just he says like i think it's honest and i think it's amazing and that's why she was a good artist because she would just like do that because she was so committed and i think that's like fucking insane that's like (laughs) that's like the glorification of like self-destructive behavior you know and and natalie portman like takes that in and it's like wow like you're right and it's like no stop (laughs) this is insane right um you know because i don't think it's appropriate at all to be like I mean, no, he's doing like, the things that he does. Like, even just, like, if I was, like, working, and I've had this in the past, where, like, we're working with, like, a director who, like, is intentionally, and will say this, like, trying to, like, piss me off because they think, like, that's what I need. And it's like, just let me do my job. You know what I mean? Let me do my process as an actor. Um, no, I think, you know, yeah, there's a difference between, you know, being guiding and, you know, kind of, like, there's constructive ways to kind of elicit emotion and get people in the right headspace, but that doesn't include yeah, sexual exactly. assault or like physical assault, you know? <laughs> right. He's a fucking nut. I actually just got a booklet. I got a booklet in the mail from the stage directors and choreographers society. Cause I'm s- still an associate. Um, and yeah. they essentially it's a handbook of like guiding because they, now they have intimacy coaches or they have intimacy directors or whatever. Um, to like walk people through and make sure people are safe and things like that. But also as a director, you know, we need to know how to kind of deal with that. You always, you know, obviously you always ask and if you're comfortable with it or whatever, and you never, you know, you always, there's always, there's always protocols. And I think, um, but I also know that I'm maybe that's just me, but it's, you know, there are women like, especially like Lily or uh, Mila's character, you know, yes, a lot of the women are like, Oh, maybe they're jealous because, he hasn't chosen them out of the group to be the swan queen or whatever. You know, there's always that level of, you know, consciousness of like, okay, this is, this guy's a dick. He's going to do this. But like, where's that, where's that line of, you know, am I going to put myself in that position? Cause I'm need this role and I'm not going to say whatever, that, or, you know, like the fact that that's fully, even, like, like something that people me. genuinely accept is like legitimately on the table. Like, Oh yeah, that's just how it works. Like that's insane. You know, like I, I think that like the women who take advantage of the fucked up system, oh, of course. you know, to do what they have to do to get it ahead is a either. different story, but I don't think yeah, it should also... be, I don't think it should be in place in like something that's acceptable in the first place. Like the fact that we can yeah. all sit and watch this movie and be like, yeah, that's how it is. That's insane. <laughs> you know <laughs> but that's the thing that's like not how it is anymore and now that 
hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> wouldn't true. be happening, right? Now, due to have outlets, and it's way more, like, way more positive and, like, a, a, a thing you can do, hopefully, to speak out about it. You know what I mean? Like, you would, you would hope that if this movie was made in 2020, this movie starts with that director yeah. already being fired, right? And there's a new director coming in who's like, okay, so we're starting from scratch. Like, not yeah. Darren Aronofsky, I mean, the director of Black Spot. No, Spire, I know, we know what you meant, we know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say, though, that... And it'd be a different, it'd be a different movie, a different tone. It's interesting if it was made in 2020 But I also today. don't think um, it's condoning anything, necessarily, though. It would be a different like, I don't story. Think this it'd be a different condoning movie. Yeah, because I think you kind of needed it. I mean, it's not saying this is right, or this is, you know, this is a movie about you know, a guy who, you know, any, like she didn't stand up for herself except until she bit, you know, and then she succumbed to it in the rehearsal room. And then that's yeah. all she like, yeah. thought about, pattern right? of abuse. Like, they, 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 like, uh, they on people's insecurities and like tell them you know? that, you know, they inflate their ego by saying they're being brave and it's just fucked. It's just fucked up. I thought that Vincent Castle did a very good job as that. Yeah, I thought he guy. was fantastic in that. Yeah. yeah he was really, really yeah. good. <laughs> he's such a fuck the the scene where he like invites her home and he's like yeah do you like to fuck and she's like uh totally. <laughs> like i don't yeah. know he's just so blatant about it he's like come on do you like sex well like just and having get, like her homework was to touch herself like i mean i don't know any director who would actually tell you that but there comes a point where like it's funny because maybe her like one of her girlfriends that's or, like, the thing is that she like, doesn't have any friends she's isolated yeah you know and also i like that i like that callback too when uh because he says live a little yeah and then when he like later in the movie when she has like hallucinated Lily, and she's like, "Come on, live a little," because that's like her her echoing kind of like what uh, Vincent Castle said to her. I that mm. was really really well done. The illusion, um, the illusion that Mila Kunis came over but didn't wake her up. You know, she overslept. You know, and that was that was my favorite moment from Mila Kunis when she like Natalie Portman walks away and she's like, "Did you had a fucking wet dream about me? Well, yeah. was I good?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that was it great. Was, yeah, right. That was like that her, her riding that line too, like the way that she delivered those lines. I was playing it like riding the line of like teasing but not being mean and being like, I, I just like she's just like a she's a bundle of light in this movie. I thought she did such which is an incredible funny because job. she's supposed to be the black swan. So it's just these contrasts, you know, are so interesting. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, sorry. No, yeah. I was going to say we have a little bit of time left. Um, oh yeah. Do you, I don't know uh, if you guys I want to are, talk uh... in terms of like dance doubles and no, yeah, Natalie, Caleb, Natalie Portman did like did she did... <laughs> There's a there's a controversy around this movie. Um basically controversy. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be the the soundbite we play whenever we talk about a controversy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. No, but so there's a controversy, and I want to make sure I'm going to pull it up on uh, Wikipedia just so I make sure I get all the names right. But basically, um, there's a dancer in I think the American Ballet Company. Um, her name is um, the American Ballet Theater. Uh, so her name's Sarah Lane, and she was the dance double for Natalie Portman in the movie. And basically, when the movie came out, uh, Sarah Lane, uh, this very famous, very good ballerina, sued uh, because she felt she didn't get enough credit. Um, and basically, the production kind of like was like, "No, that's ridiculous!" Like we get, you know. Uh, and Darren Aronofsky came out and was like, "Look, um, 
Natalie Portman is doing most of the dancing. Like it's, it's very hard. You like, if you want to be a ballerina, you have to train from age six. Like it's, it's not something yeah. you can just like jump into as an adult, but she, she had a, well, apparently Natalie Portman had right. like previous training and then exactly. like really That's like, what I was fucking, like, is like, she doing it all? Same um, with Mila Kunis apparently. Yeah. Uh, and, but like for the harder stuff for like the really insane stuff, they had this woman, uh, Sarah okay. Lane come in. But Aaron Aronofsky was saying, when you look at the final edit of the movie, eighty he he said like some somewhere around eighty percent of what you see in the movie is Natalie Portman, and so um, they felt that they gave Sarah Lane like proper compensation, and mm. her kind of involvement was overstated. And I don't know if Natalie Portman herself has ever said anything. Um, Sarah Lane went on to admit that Natalie Portman like worked very very hard. She's a very amazing actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say that she did all of the dancing is ridiculous to anyone who knows anything about ballet. And that's kind of interesting because like every single dancer I know hates this fucking movie. <laughs> so I don't know. Right. Well, that's why that's that's why I was like so kind of blown away. Like I was right. like, I look at that. I look for that kind of stuff. I see, like I look be like, OK, how are they shooting it? Can you see her face? Is it is it quick? Is it like behind the head? You know, like. So you can't really tell who the face is. And for the most part, I was like, fuck it. Natalie Portman is being like thrown in the air. She's doing the little dance number. And like, here's the thing for movies. And I feel like this with as my level of dancing, like obviously I'm not a male, like, like a professional male dancer, but like obviously male ballerinos or whatever, they're just there to make the ballerina look pretty. So it's a little bit easier to fake your way once you've had a few months of intense training to get back into it because you don't have to be on point you don't have to be you know but i can do choreography you give me some rehearsal time or whatever and i can fake it really good you know and i, I was curious as to like, like how much put into it to fake really good yeah. you know swan lake essentially like that's that's the work that i appreciate an actress putting towards a movie like this the dedication you know but then there's also that argument of like well, here's why didn't they just cast a a ballerina who can act, you know, and like make it real. Cause you know, there's so many artists out there that aren't working, but you well, here's the, here's the celebrity, from, you know, um, like, editor in chief, Wendy Perone of dance magazine. Do people really believe that it takes only one year to make a ballerina? We know that Natalie Portman studied ballet as a kid and had a year of intensive training for the film, but that doesn't add up to being a ballerina. However, it seems that many people believe that Portman did her own dancing in black swan. So that's pretty bitchy. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think that the conversation, to me, I look at it like, all right, you have stunt doubles for action scenes, right? Like for the shit that yeah. like is like, you know, quote, like unsafe or like, you know, you have special training for people to do this. And it's kind of yeah. the same thing, I feel like. Like for this movie, like she did, Natalie Portman did everything that she could and she trained mm-hmm. really hard to be able to do a lot. But for the very specific like things, like the insert shots of like when you, she needed to be on point for example, or like the right. really crazy shit. Um, they had the body double. Like it's, it's yeah. like a stunt double. Now, the- I, I think, well, just really quickly, I think that in general, people in those fields yeah. deserve more credit. Absolutely. Um, and I think yeah. that's kind of where I fall on it. It's like, I feel like Natalie, Port- to like discredit the work Natalie did isn't fair. Yeah. But I also think that those kind of stunt doubles and performers need to be, get more recognition. I think that's fair. 
Yeah, also, like, at this point, after the movie's done, like, it has nothing to do with Natalie Portman. She went in and did her job. None mm-hmm. of this has anything to do with her. She didn't decide how much credit was going to be given to people. You know what I mean? Like, it's so yeah. frustrating that she gets, like, drawn into that. So I don't get that vibe from Natalie Portman in terms of, a, uh, of an actor. No, like, I feel like she just goes oh, and does her she's job the one like, who, like, as, to the best of her, her abilities. And everything, and, you know? and she's, like, that diva. You know what I mean? Like Almost the exact same thing as Whiplash. For that, he's a drummer. Exactly. Like, Miles Teller plays the drums and obviously, like, worked on it a lot and played as much as he could. And then, obviously, there's scenes in that where he can't be doing it because you have to be the best in the world. Yeah. So, it's like, I think it's the same thing. I mean, you you work your ass off as an actor and you do your best to learn all these skills. And then, obviously, Mm -hmm. for certain things, they have to sub in somebody who's actually the best in the world at it. You know, I know. I th- I mean, I think it's yeah. There's lots of layers to it, but I think we're all on the same page. At least the three of us. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to share in this episode real quick about the the funny little <laughs> dealing with the sure. you know, COVID nineteen and the Black Swan event that randomly. Um, just say it on, you know, so that we can get it recorded. Is the Black Swan event is an unpredictable event that is beyond what is normally expected of a situation and has potentially severe consequences. Black Swan events are characterized by their extreme rarity, their severe impact, and the widespread instance they were obvious in hindsight. Um, it's in, yeah. like it just with the coronavirus going around and things like that, it's kind of, we're like living in unprecedented times. Um, but it was cool that, it, you know, the Black Swan and her hallucinating and all that pressure from everything and just going blah. But um, what is like final thoughts? Um, I think in terms of you know, as an artist, as artists, um, the pressure of the industry and like trying to handle like if you get a a gig of a lifetime, you know, a lead actor, a lead performer in this this big blockbuster or this Broadway play. You know, I remember when I was in Pippin, I was leading player back in a small community theater in Ames before I moved here. And the opening night or the, that first weekend, I messed up on the lyrics for one of the final number, you know? Um, yeah. And I remember like inside panicking. It's like, cause I've never really had a big role before. Nobody's ever cast me in a lead role. And I'm always deathly afraid of fucking up. And what does that pressure do to you? You know, um, I still have yet to prove myself. I think after the training and the program that we just went through for three years, like, yeah. obviously put that work and you dedicate yourself you know now the things that i know now i think I, I will be able to do that but it's just interesting i don't know what you guys thoughts personally personally with, the movie, like, with natalie like with her nina you know i i was very fortunate and i got to go through that at school as you guys know better than anybody <laughs> you know like we opened our rep season with birdsong right yeah um right uh okay uh Could so birdsong was give, a will you give a little background of play, what is What's, what does PDU stand for? Playwright Directors Unit. It was, it's an original one act written by our very own Caleb John Cushing here on the podcast that uh, starred Brandon McPherson, uh, who's been talking, and directed by myself. That's how we kind of like got yeah, relationships out, going. Um, so anyway, Brandon She'll be on one, one day. And Sydney Amigo. Yes, and by Sydney the way, Amigo I hope was... Sydney is feeling better out there. She is quarantining herself in some random yeah. city right now in a hotel. So yeah, I fucking, hope it's okay. It's fucking insane. COVID, baby. Yeah. 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 So that's that sucks, and Stay I safe. hope that she's doing okay. Um. So this is a it's a play that we worked on for two years, two and a half years. 
Um, two years and then so for the first year caleb had to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite for the class every week so we got to work on a bunch of different scripts and then second year was mostly just uh rehearsing and working through things and getting it ready to go up for our off-broadway season for our rep season um and as i mean definitely definitely my favorite play i've ever done no question uh so thank you both of you but the uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of pressure-wise and all of that, and opening the season and knowing like what we had. It was definitely a lot of pressure, and I definitely like one of the nights fucked up big time. But it was interesting where the pressure didn't come from anything else other than like wanting to do my best, especially for you guys. Does that make sense? Like, it was an interesting thing where the pressure changed from his outside perspective of like, oh, I just want to do well, or I want to be good, or it changed to I have a responsibility, you know, to people yeah. I love and care about who have worked their asses off, and now I'm the one out there yeah. showing that off for them, which was a really positive way for it to switch. I think that you've hit on something. Uh, I think you've hit on the key of it, Brandon. I, feel, I think that the, uh, the difference is where the pressure's coming from. Like internal mm-hmm. pressure, like as long as you're being responsible and not like going overboard, like can be a very powerful motivator, but it has to come from you, like within. Right. Well, there is like this movie and like other instances in the real world uh, and a lot of art, it's coming from like external forces. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's when it becomes like super dangerous and like abusive and unhealthy. That's kind of like yeah. my look at it. That's like how I look at it. Um, well, yeah, and, and like, the, the other side of that is, too, is I was also very lucky where you guys are super supportive. So yeah, anytime yeah. that I was having issues, you guys were just like, yo, chill. It's all good. <laughs> Do your work, and it's going to be fine. Right. Yeah, because you know? all art is supposed to be collaborative, and then you get these fucking egomaniacs who are like, no, my ballet is going to be the fucking definitive version of this thing that's been for <laughs> 200 years, you know, and it becomes, it's like, <laughs> I'll sacrifice whoever I have to to achieve artistic greatness. When in reality, it's supposed to be a collaborative like thing and a celebration of you know art and humanity. I definitely think there's directors that are like uh, Mr. Vincent out there. I do think, but like in the movie, yeah. it was kind of heightened in terms of the company being like, "Oh my god, are you okay? You just fell," you know. You know, the director's like, "What the hell happened? You know, what'd you do?" And it's like he's thinking about himself and this image of this perfect play, you know, but. In terms of, you know, the our experience with Birdsong last year, it's, yeah, Brandon, like, for me, as a director, the actor's health is the yeah. number one priority, you know? It's, I, I mean, we, you know, we've done the work, I've done everything I can, but, like, you have to take care of yourself, you know? And <laughs> there is that pressure, and guess, you know, turns out that Birdsong kicked ass and was one of the favorites in the entire year, you know, design-wise, acting-wise, story-wise. Me too, man. You know, it was really... Yeah, really we'll something see. special that I hope I mean, we can bring that up thing again. should also be a ne- goddamn Netflix show. Like, there's your pilot right there. And then the rest of the season is like, what happens next, you know? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk, talk about personal too much. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, Caleb's yeah. It's like, okay, we'll see. One project at a time. Um, cool. Any any final notes or thoughts on I Black feel like Swan? I've said most of what I guys... to say. I, I wish that we could have gotten into more about Darren Aronofsky, like the director. I think he's an interesting character, but I think there'll be more opportunities later. I'm sure we'll hit more Darren movies. Do you, do you want to? I just mean, I, he's, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his filmography. I think he's just like, he's so hit or miss with me. Like, this is my favorite movie that he's done. 
And I looked it up, and it's because he it's because he didn't fucking write it. <laughs> so, you like it better than uh, Requiem? Yeah, man. I think Requiem for a Dream is one of those movies that's so fucking like oppressive with how it's trying to be like miserable and dark. And I think it's well done, <laughs> but it's like one of those things. Like I watched it, I was like, oh, I'll never watch this again because it's so fucking miserable. <laughs> but Black Swan is like a total experience where I feel like mesmerized yeah. and I feel like it's, you know, he also has this movie called The Wrestler. That's very good, but he didn't write that either. <laughs> but uh, but the movies, I'm, I'm, but I'm talking about shit like The Fountain or like Noah or like Mother, these like fucking pretentious, yeah. I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> but he's he considers, busted, he considers you know? The Wrestler a companion piece to this, apparently. I was just totally, reading that. I can, totally, I can totally see that. Yeah. Very similar themes. The wrestler and Black Aronofsky Swan. calls called Black Swan a compares a companion piece to his previous film, The Wrestler. He's, I think he's a really good director. I don't think he's that good of a writer. But I haven't seen oh, his yeah, debut. Cool. His 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 uh his um debut feature called Pie. I haven't seen it. But uh from what I have seen, I think he's a very strong visual director. Wait, he did Pie? Yeah. I, I have seen that. You would like it. It's a very intense psychological thriller about a guy who's trying to figure out like something about the mat- mathematical equation of pi. I've heard like, it's good. I just for yeah. some reason haven't haven't checked it out. I so I got a quote from Aronofsky here about the wrestler and Black Sp- and Black Swan. He said, "Comparing the two films, wrestling some consider the lowest art, if they'd even call it art, and ballet some people consider the highest art. But what was amazing to me was how similar the perform- the performers in both of these worlds are. They both make incredible use of their bodies and express themselves. So that's where his comparison's coming from." I think that's a very valid comparison. Yeah. I, don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I like that. Also, just really good performances. Like, I think both Natalie Portman and Mickey Rourke give like the performances of their careers in those movies. Yeah, they so. both won. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows how to direct actors really well. Yeah. I just think that he's a bad writer, but that's just me. <laughs> Other people might disagree. Oh, right. Other people might disagree. I, don't, I saw Mother and it was a piece of shit, but that's fine. <laughs> that's another, I mean, that's another topic entirely in terms of the the shows yeah. i've seen right, that have been right, directed right. by the writers <laughs> the playwrights and i'm just like missed opportunities galore you, what would you guys rate it like out of five stars i think five i'd also stars? have to say four i would go i'm, I'm gonna go say five i think four. it's a really good four. movie four. what did you guys not like about it i just i found the beginning slow that's it, it took me a while to get hooked <laughs> all right buddy. i think nothing's perfect <laughs> i'm gonna find Josh has not watched *The Night's Tale* yet. Oh God! <laughs> I'm gonna okay, find. Okay, so then you've seen the perfect movie. <laughs> I have seen *The Night's Tale*. Um, we'll we'll get to that though. So for wait, Brandon, do you want to go next? I'll go next. All right, what are we watching, Brandon? Uh, da, 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 da. I'm actually gonna go in a different space here in a movie that I wanted to watch really badly and haven't watched in uh, way too long. But okay. I would like to watch The Godfather, and we're uh, we're busting out the big guns early. Okay. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, seen it, so. I I you know, Pacino that young, Pacino that um, at that time in his career he hadn't he'd done you know off Broadway and Broadway you know in theater stuff and had not done film, and even getting that role was a, a entirely new experience for him at the time. But dude, I fucking feel you. I'm not. I'm saying let's yeah. do it. Um, are we just watching the first one, or what are we doing? Yeah, maybe we just maybe we just start with the first one and go from there. Cool. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll watch the first. Well, okay. So next episode's the fucking Godfather. <laughs> Love it. Love it. 
All right, Josh. Save Love it. I, mean, I figured I have to save a Knight's Tale in my back pocket. Oh, God. As long as you don't make me watch Armageddon like you were talking about the other day. Shit, we're definitely watching Armageddon at some point. <laughs> and okay. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't close my eyes. Don't want to fall asleep. Weren't you telling, weren't you telling me that uh, he didn't know that Liv Tyler was his daughter? For like a long time, for like the first like sixteen, seventeen years of your life, but that has got nothing to do with anything. Yeah, great. So, awesome. I'm, I'm stoked. Well, I'm thanks excited. for I like it a joining lot. me on this great discussion. I thought it was really fun. So, um, yeah, hey. sounds good. All right, three players on Lex One.